Well, I think it is, and especially in Christian circles, um, overused. Almost as like, you know, you go visit a church's website and they're always trying to say community, community, community. And that comes from a really good place, right? This authentic community, this um, space where you're seen and known and loved. Those are all good things. But I think often that word gets kind of co-opted and then it starts to lose its saltiness and we're not quite sure what it means, you know? And then we start to feel really lonely because the word is thrown out all the time, everywhere. And yet so many of us don't feel seen or valued or loved or part of something else. And so I'm really excited for this conversation today because those are things that I'm processing, especially, you know, in the times that we find ourselves in. You're listening to Upside Down Podcast. This is Lindsay Wallace. And I'm Kayla Craig. I'm Patricia Taylor. And I'm Elisa Molina. Upside Down Podcast is an ecumenical conversation at the intersection of justice, spirituality, and culture. And we've created this space with you in mind. So join us for unscripted conversations on God's Upside Down Kingdom. Greetings and welcome to Upside Down Podcast. I'm your host today, Patricia Taylor, and I'm joined by Kayla Craig, Lindsay Wallace, and Elisa Molina. Show notes for today's episode can be found on Instagram at Upside Down Podcast. And I want to take a quick moment to shout out our growing Patreon community who keeps this podcast free of ads. We are proud to be a 100% listener-funded podcast, and we'll be launching some new fun things for our patrons, including a book club. So now is a great time to join. If you'd like to become a patron, please visit patreon.com forward slash upside down podcast or upside down podcast.com and click give in the upper left hand corner. So, ladies, today we are discussing the necessity of community as we are continuing with our theme for this season. And I want to just jump right in and ask you to tell me what community means to you. Is it a buzzword? Is it something that gets thrown around a lot? How would you define it? And and who does community include? Well, I think that's a great question, Patty. (laughs) There's so much there. I love that you're just like, you know what? Let's get into it. We're not going to say today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it is, especially in Christian circles, um, overused almost as like, you know, you go visit a church's website and they're always trying to say community, community, community. And that comes from a really good place, right? This authentic community, this, um, space where you're seen and known and loved. Those are all good things. But I think often that word gets kind of co-opted and then it starts to lose its saltiness and we're not quite sure what it means, you know? And then we start to feel really lonely because the word is thrown out all the time, everywhere. And yet so many of us don't feel seen or valued or loved or part of something else. And so I'm really excited for this conversation today because those are things that I'm processing, especially, um, you know, in the times that we find ourselves in. So I'm excited to dig in. Yeah, absolutely. Elisa, I know that you recently left a position and a place that you're in for a long time. Like, how did that feel for you when it came to taking a departure from that community? You know, that's, I haven't spent a lot of time, I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about it. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm just, I think COVID just makes us like shift and pivot in so many ways. And you know what I have noticed is the closure, like the lack of closure right now in communities. Um, Mm -hmm. There were actually several people who kind of stepped away from working for the church in different, in different parishes around just friends of mine who have, have moved on to another, to their next kind of place. And what I did realize is, you know, when you grow to be in relationship with people, it is sometimes real important to have those moments of, you know what, this, this helped me to grow in whatever way, um, I grew and now I'm, I'm 
I'm leaving. You know, I think that's been that's been a, a weird thing for me that I didn't, you know, that I didn't get a chance to kind of s- spend some time ending before I began something mm-hmm. else. You know what I mean? Wow. Yes, I I definitely know what you mean with that. And uh, COVID, <laughs> it just is impacting everything. You know, I mean, I I really do loathe the expression that we're living in unprecedented times, but we really are. And, and that's just one example of many as to how community specifically, or even just our perspective on community is shifted during this time. I think that even, you know, prior to the, the digital age, I, I mean, I, who would have thought that community could be for women co-hosting a podcast, you know, or, or friends that you make on, on Instagram, um, you know, or online. And, and I think that even for people who, who maybe aren't online for their profession or just aren't interested, you know, as much that still could, could have been like a foreign concept of, well, I have my church or I have my, my work community, or I have my local community. But then when COVID happened, it's like, wait, Zoom, everybody's on Zoom, you know, <laughs> like I've got to stay connected. Mm-hmm. So how, do, how has that changed, you know, if it's changed your perspective? How has COVID, you know, really shifted things for you as far as like how you identify your community? Lindsay, I'm interested to hear your perspective here because you are always someone I look to that's living this life with your neighbors in community and really like embodying that. And so what is that like for you right now in a global pandemic? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think of community as chosen family and kind of what the book of Acts talks about that, you know, they had all things in common um, and heart and mind and, and even physical possessions. And so, yeah, it's a challenge. I mean, I kind of hate that we're talking about this right now um, because if I'm being honest, I don't know that I've ever felt as alone in my life as I feel right now, um, which that's a big statement to make, but it, it feels pretty accurate. Uh, And I'm tempted to sort of, put a bow on that and say like, oh, but I do have these friends that I could text or, oh, but I do have this one friend who I, you know, see occasionally. But the reality is, you know, we, we, just to go back a little bit, we left a very intentional and tight-knit community in Miami and came to Louisville where we had lived before, but we were not the same people who came back to Louisville. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we had really, you know, outgrown or, I don't know what the best word is, but we just didn't fit where we had fit before. And we, we kind of expected that and we're okay with it, but to have, yeah, a global pandemic like eight or nine months after moving into a new neighborhood where we are trying to build relationships and create new community has just been really, really challenging and I, again, like, I don't want, I don't, I don't want to like sugarcoat it or tie it up with a neat bow. It's, it just is hard. And I think that we're doing the best that we can and, and finding community in the ways that you all talked about online, but it still doesn't, it can't replace, at least for me, it, it doesn't, it's not able to replace the in real life, doing life together with people intentionally. So yeah, it's it's been pretty lonely and I think sort of that perfect storm of new neighborhood we don't have a church home or a church community which you know for a lot of believers that's like where you get your friends, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so some of those like tethers I think or like anchors where you would just sort of naturally uh, find yourself in community with people, we don't we didn't have those pre-covid and it's almost impossible to create them in the midst of this. Wow. Right. And I wonder how this is going to just historically like shift the way people do community because I'm thinking about like my grandmother's generation and how community for them meant that was when like families all kind of stayed together and you didn't have, you know, these situations where your family was all over the place that you really just counted on the people who were physically nearby you. 
And those were the people that helped you with your kids or, you know, that you would see frequently. And then it just like it progressed and people started moving and, you know, you started to you started to see just more cultivating of community outside of the regular norms. And I just wonder if this is going to mean I wonder what this is going to mean for communities moving forward, church communities, you know, friendships. I do feel like I am really paying attention to which communities I really want to be a part of and how I can better better be a part of a community after this because I'm I'm realizing just how important it is to to foster that and to be a part of it and to be kind of intentional with like where where those are. Yeah. That's a really good point, Mm -hmm. Elisa. Um, I feel like our culture here in America in 2020 is just so individualistic. Like we're not, even our family units aren't necessarily communal, like what you were saying. And it's so interesting to me and sad to me because we're really losing out a lot. I think when we, you know, like Lindsay said, community is a family you choose. And I look around and I see us all kind of choosing ourselves. And mm-hmm. what are we missing out on as a country, you know, when we've done that for years and years and years, and we've perpetuated this idea of take care of yourself and you and yours. And it's just kind of then when the rug gets pulled out from under us and those kind of supports that we did have to have this kind of like manufactured community goes away. Like what are we left with? Like when the shininess of church and the production goes away, what are we left with? Was there actually community in the first place? Like that's something my husband and I have been talking a lot about. He's a pastor like, what is church going to look like again when all of this is over? And and I think that we have to make some really hard assessments about maybe where we haven't always gotten it right and how do we correct course to cultivate a more authentic version of community. Wow. Yeah, that's so much to think about. Um Yeah, (laughs) because even within that, within the church, and if we're just going off of a base, you know, definition of, you know, people who you show up and attend church with, uh, during this time, there's so many different breakdowns of how people are viewing community. There are some people who are ready to gather together in person. There are some people who are like, we're staying at home and watching things virtually. You know, there are just people are on so many different planes, you know, and some people are eager to get back to the building, the building, the building, and others are like, actually, you know, meeting in homes or keeping it small, you know, it just, it's revealed so much and peeled back so many layers. So that's just, that's just such a good point. But I think though, whether there's a global pandemic or not, you know, I remember when I first had, you know, my firstborn just trying to connect with other moms or, you know, finding like your mommy community or your niche or whatever. Like this is a topic that's, that can either be like a joy for people to talk about because they're so excited. They're like, I've got my people, I've got my place. I feel like I belong somewhere. I'm loved, I'm accepted. Or this can be a really painful topic. It's a sore subject when, you know, that can sometimes bring up some deep wounds. And, and I think that can happen in any, in any sphere, you know, um, But it happens a lot in the church, you know, in spite of, you know, you brought up Acts um, 2 earlier, Lindsay, and and Hebrews in so many places where it talks about gathering and us being together as a body of Christ. It's It's a complicated dynamic, you know, that we see within the church. And I wanted to read a quote from um a book called Life Together by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and it's about communal living in the church. And he states, the person who loves their dream of community will destroy community, but the person who loves those around them will create community. I want to ask, what does that mean to you? Stop reading my journal, Patty. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, that... uh, 
I kind of hated you when I read that in your notes for the recording because um, it's something that my spiritual director has been very gently and graciously trying to point out to me uh, for the last, um, I guess, year and a half because what I keep dreaming of and looking for is the community that we had in Miami. And what she keeps reminding me of is that it's going to look different here. Ouch. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I felt that burn too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it hurts. It almost physically hurts, you know? Um, and it's taken me a good year and a half to even want to hear that and even begin to open my hand to it. it it's going to be different here. Um, and to let go of trying to fit my current neighborhood into this box that it's not going to fit in because it's not, it's a different, you know, different community, different people, different relationships and whatnot. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's really hard, <laughs> I guess is, is what I'm saying, which is sort of my, that's just my theme for this whole episode is it's, it's hard. Especially when you've, Chip, not chipped away. That's probably not the right. But when you work hard to to form these bonds of trust, because ultimately, like if you found a community where you fit, mm -hmm. then you are received as you are and you receive as people yeah. are. And that mm -hmm. takes yeah. time and effort and trust yep. and all of that. And when you work so hard for that and then somehow it shifts through whatever method that it shifts. It is, it's really, really jarring because I think, I think this is how we get through life. You know, I, I wrote something the other day where I was like that I was saying that the upper room always gets a, like, has always gotten a bad rap in my brain. I'm like, man, they were up there and they were scared and they needed to be out and blah, blah, blah. Those disciples in that upper room. But then I was like, the other day I was like, you know what? Maybe not. Maybe their best friend had just died and mm. they needed to be together and they needed to encourage each other. And maybe that's why Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to them in the upper room because he wanted them to be together and he wanted them. He wanted to fill them as one while they were together to go out to the ends of the earth. Maybe they just you know, that was like the first community, you know, and I, I've been judged. I've judged them so harshly for not for not being out and about, but that was where they were leaning on each other. And I think that like when we have that and then we lose it somehow, it's, it's rough. Yeah. Yeah. So thinking back to the quote for me, I remember the first time I heard it, you know, a few years ago or whenever it was, I remember just thinking like, gosh, that's such strong language, you know, <laughs> like that we destroy community, you know, our, our, the person who loves their dream of community will destroy it. And I'm like, man, that's really, that's a lot um, of responsibility, you know, that we have to take. <laughs> um, but, but I just think of that because if we're all individuals, you know, as, as you stated, Kaylin, we clearly like in society wise, like we are such individuals. And if each of us do have our own dream or, or ideal of, of what a community is supposed to be, then, then how do we lay that down to create community rather than destroy it? You know, like who comes to mind, like as soon as I went, as soon as you read that, I was like, Father Greg, like homeboy, mm -hmm. because that's what he always talks about, right? Like you just mm -hmm. go, you just, you just go to the margins to see how people are doing and for, for not because you're going to go there to change, to change something, but that you're going to be changed. So it's like, it's almost like the intention behind what you're trying to do. Like if you're trying to force it to be whatever it is, then yeah. it's, then it's never going to be. But if you're going out just to love people, which is kind of like what your quote says, and that's what they do there, then it, I, it's like an, maybe an automatic byproduct of loving people. Well, mm -hmm. I, maybe, I don't know. It reminds yeah. me of a story. So when I was um, close to graduating in college, somebody who grew up in church with this girl who was an incoming freshman to the same college I was going to said, Hey, she's trying to start this on campus Bible study. Could you like just check in with her and see how she's doing and encourage her? 
So I did back when Facebook was just for college students. I sent her a message and was like, how, how, how are you doing? And she was like, well, honestly, I'm so discouraged. And I was like, oh, why? What's going on? And she's like, well, I've been hosting these events down like in my dorm foyer. And the only people that are showing up are international students every time. So I'm probably just going to close it down. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) And she did. She was so discouraged that her roommate and her friends in her dorm, and she was a white girl, were not attending that she was so focused on that, that she lost the amazing community that was happening literally right in front of her. And I think about that a lot because I wonder how many times I've been that way and I didn't even know mm. it, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that reminds me of that situation. Cause I just think, what, what did you lose out on? Like those people found each other, but what did you lose out on? Because you were too focused on the way you thought it should have looked like, like it's just, yeah, a lot mm. there. Yeah. That oof, that one I kind of I kind of felt that one. Yeah, <laughs> like, I kind of, yeah. I kind of, you finished, know. Yeah. <laughs> but like, like, but we've done that too in some capacity. You know, when we we moved uh, from California five years ago, um, and we live in Georgia now, so culturally, like it's a huge difference. And uh, we we didn't know our neighbors, like we didn't talk to our, <laughs> you know, to our our neighbors and. We didn't wave to people we didn't know. You know, if someone talked to you, you're like, what? what? <laughs> like, I, I don't know you. Um, <laughs> and so when we moved here and, and we were part of, uh, for a while, a missional community and meeting in, in someone's home. And uh, I just realized how complicated I had made it in my mind. You know, like, oh, I have to, like, then be this person that I'm not. And, and you know, just, just like, do all these things that are, you know, stretching me. And it was as simple as, you know, go to the grocery store with people, you know, just do, do life with them. Like, Hey, like there's a community garden, come over on this day and, and water, you know, the, the garden with some people, um, you know, ask if you can help watch this person's child or, you know, find out something that this person likes and just accompany them, you know? And, and I just really, during that season learned a lot about, you know, my perceptions of what community was supposed to be, um, like versus what it, it actually is or what it, what it could be. And, you know, I do have some physical neighbors, you know, that, that became really great friends. And, and I can honestly say that that never happened before, but I just opened myself up a bit to just being willing to say, like what this is not costing you anything to just be friendly and smile and <laughs> you know invite someone in not just someone who's already built in um at the church necessarily either you know i also think that there's this thing that i've learned here lately that has i think i used to always pine for like a friendship or a community to fill my need exactly how I needed it or dreamed it to be filled. And what I've realized is that God is a God of abundance. And so there are different communities in my life that fill me in different ways. I think I wanted like the perfect, like I was searching for like the perfect out there. And what happened was God really has led me to see that he's so abundant that I have like my upside down community, right? Like the way that the four of us feed each other's hearts is, is different than let's say my college community that I've known for a long time, you know? And so I think what happened was I just learned that, uh, being with people, but allowing them to bless me in ways that I'm surprised by, you know, instead of being like, you, this is what it looks like for us to be in community. I need to feel this way. I need to feel, you know, full in these areas when there's so many different kinds of people who, who bring so many different gifts to my life. Mm. Yeah, that's good. At least I can relate to that completely. I, I mean, I would have laughed in someone's face if, <laughs> you know, if they said that, oh, you're going to have an online community. I'm like, no, like that doesn't <laughs> even, that doesn't even make sense to me. You know, you need real people. <laughs> You need yeah. real people um, as if we're robots. But um, yeah, I totally can can really relate to that. Okay, but so let me ask you this. 
is community always a good thing though? Like, is there ever a situation where it's it's not a good and, and, and healthy and I don't know if it's just, is it always good? There's a James Baldwin quote that I think about a lot um, where he says, we can disagree and still love each other unless your disagreement is rooted in my oppression and denial of yeah. my humanity and right mm-hmm. to exist. And I think, I don't know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it looks like to disagree when those things are happening, you know, um, Mm -hmm. when that disagreement is rooted. And for me as a white woman, it's not necessarily rooted in my oppression, but it's the oppression and denial of humanity for people that I love. And so I, I don't know how to do that. I don't know that I should do that. I don't know that putting like putting my children in places where they don't they're they ha- they lack felt safety because they know someone has made comments about a certain situation or has a certain set of beliefs like that doesn't feel good to me you know so I don't know I don't think that we're called to be I think that we are called to love everyone but I don't think that means that we put ourselves in positions where our dignity and humanity is questioned. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I've been asking myself, what is, what is radical love mean? Mm-hmm. And, and just in this exact context that, that you mentioned, Lindsay, is what, what point do you draw the line? You know, yeah. does, ra- does radical love mean you just, you know, you continue entering into spaces where, where people have done or said or, you know, actively caused harm and you don't feel safe because you're, you want to show the radical love of Christ and, and you, you know, you, you just, yeah. <laughs> you know, or, or do you pull back and say, I can love you from afar? Um, like mm-hmm. what, where, like how, like where's the line? Like I, I wish that someone could just draw a finite line for, for me because I know that no one is beyond redemption in, in God's eyes. And, and I don't want to cross people off my list. You know, I don't want to, to have that kind of mentality, but I also don't want to be in a place where I don't feel safe. And I, and I yeah. feel like that's uh, really present right now, you know, for me as yeah. a black woman and all that's happening. And, and I'm like, do I feel safe around this person? Can I feel safe around these people? Will I, mm-hmm. will, will they protect me if, if I'm hurting, right. you know, will they cry with me when we you know, when I'm crying or will they just say, Oh, you know, this is, we don't want to hear this right now, you know? And, and Mm -hmm. like, if, if, if I have to, like you said, lay down my dignity just to say that I have community, then is it worth it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really like the way Elisa described it earlier. Um, I think what you said, Elisa, was that you think of community as like, I can show up and be like fully accepted and loved for who I am and other people are fully accepted and loved for who they are. And that to me is a beautiful picture of community. And I also think, you know, thinking about this James Baldwin quote, like Jesus said, dust, dust your sandals off and move on. You know, oh, like girl, that was, that was the <laughs> next words out of my mouth. So I was like, I, uh-uh. yeah. Jesus was like, mm. yeah, he, yeah. So I, I, I mean, I don't feel the need to stick around people who are denying the humanity of others. Cause I I just, I don't know. I don't think that's what God wants. I think if, you know, God loves all of us and he, he does want us to be who we are fully. And if we can't do that in the context of relationship with another human, then we are dimming the light of God in us and God's not okay with that. Right. And for me, I it protects to create those boundaries, uh, protects the way that I see that person to continue into yes. to continue mm-hmm. in community with somebody who is harmful leads me to judgment and leads yes. me to not see God in them the way that I'm called to. So it is for both of my protection. <laughs> And they're like, I want to have, that's why I have like no problem on Facebook, which I'm, I don't really use very much, but I don't have a problem just using that sweet little unfollow. Um, 
That's yeah. exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. That's the yeah. reason I unfollowed half yeah. the people on Facebook. Yeah, right. It's like, because I can't think of you as an image bearer right now with right. what's coming out of your feed. So we're exactly. just gonna unfollow. And, and you're not the you're not the entire like you're a whole person mm-hmm. and you have you have like I keep thinking like when I do that I'm just like you're a whole person you are not your Facebook posts you have mm-hmm. been through things that I don't know about you have thoughts you have fears and I don't this does not show me the entirety of all that and that yeah. and honestly that it shouldn't um but but I can't I am not in the position to see the entirety of you. So I'm just going to love you from way, way over here. <laughs> way. <laughs> and, and, and in the church, I've just made my peace. Like, because there are, there are people who are faithful Catholics that I just can't get on board with like the way they express their, their faith. And so I'm just like, I just point to the verse that's like, you know, the, I can't say to the, but like you don't belong. You know what I mean? So like yeah. I'm way mm-hmm. over here on the other side of the body doing what I feel like Jesus is calling me to do. And I can't speak to to what you are doing. So I'm just going to be over here. Yeah, right. And let you exist as your part of the body. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, I, I, I believe that we are that we are built for community. But I also think that, um, you know, we we are if we are the to reflect the image of Christ and if if those around us are compromising or trampling on that image then you know like Lindsay said we can dust those sandals off you know um and i think yeah. that there's there's a time sometimes to take a step back and then reenter you know especially if harm was caused or if you're you're you know just trying to figure things out you know i don't know Kayla what, what do you think about going back into a community that might have harmed you Mm, that's a good that's a good question I think I mean like I said before having a partner who is in full-time ministry you are kind of hurt all the time (laughs) um and you know you're also loved really well all the time and it's this constant like I am committed to this community because at this point we feel like that is what God has brought us to Mm -hmm. um and in a lot of different contexts right and so that's going to look a lot different for a lot of different people in a lot of different times and contexts there are certain situations where community is toxic or community is unhealthy and it's not a safe place and it's not honoring yourself or your neighbor and like we need to have discernment for that and that's so specific to every person and every community you know whether that's like a christian community or not there can be toxic workplaces there can be toxic churches there can be toxic people that you're related to you know like Mm -hmm. there's so many different spheres of community like one of my friends had a toxic neighbor and it was just got to the point where they had to kind of like pull back a little bit you know and so I think we need to be very like wise and discerning and I follow like instinct a lot I feel like that's how the Holy Spirit works in me is sometimes I get those kind of like instincts and you know we don't just fully act on our gut but yeah, I feel like having other communities that you can process with, like, um, you know, sometimes I process with you all about um, a situation that I'm in or a community I'm in, like having other spaces or even one trusted person to work through things and figure out, like, is this a safe place? Is this the right community for me? And the truth is, is that a community can be good for a time or for a season and and then maybe not for the next time or season, you know? And so yes. Um, yes. there's not like one mm. right easy answer but something I have noticed is that and this goes back a little bit to what we were talking about before but I used to think that I needed to have one community that would hit all the marks for me like that would that would do all of these different things and it would just be this one stellar amazing community and I realized well 
that's not really how life works, you know? So you can have a great core work friend group and you can have a great podcasting group that becomes your friends and that's great, but you're not, you know, in person and you can have um, a church group or you can have, have your neighborhood. Like there's so many different circles and they can overlap, but they don't all have to be one circle, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's this like large Venn diagram of different community spots. And sometimes I think in an ideal world, we'd like live on this like farm in this commune and we would all have this like ideal acts community and we'd all be like you know we would all be together and have that but I mean in my context in my life that's not how it is right now and I think it's really hard to get that in western culture um yeah so that's like 25 answers for you Patty (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I'm over here taking notes now. (laughs) I'm I'm asking you all the questions I don't have answers to. (laughs) Um, So just in this moment, like in this time, could you say what a thriving community looks like for you? Like in the time of COVID, what does a thriving community look like? It looks very virtual right now. I think it, it, I think, I think a thriving community right now, like the, the communities that I'm in that, that, um, feel like they're thriving are ones where you can be really honest with your bad days Mm. and you can, you can be honest about your wins and, and you're going to have people that will sit with you in the really, really hard days and not try to fix it. And then will cheer you on because, you know, I've been a part of some circles in my life where they, they're really great about being there when I'm like in the dumps, but somehow like whenever I'm doing things that I'm proud of or excited about, they're, they're less, they're less about that. And so I think a thriving community for me right now, the people that I'm really spending a lot of time and energy, making sure that I am that I am cultivating are the ones that, that I feel safe with both my joys and my pain. Um, and so the way that I try to make them contribute to them thriving is, is checking in, you know, not all the time, but I do think, you know, it's, this is, this is actually really interesting. A, a, fr- a friend of mine started a new job here in Austin at this Speaking of like community, this place in, in Austin, it's called Community First Village, and it's a, a place for formerly homeless people and to actually have a home that they never have to move out of. They're these beautiful, tiny homes, and it's on this beautiful land in Austin, and it has a community garden, a community movie theater. There's places for dignified work. It's just like the most amazing place, and my friend just got a job there, and all the trainings that she goes to are just like, I'm like, is this real life? Do these people really say these things? And she's like, Alisa, it's the wildest thing. But today they were supposed to get out of their training and just call somebody and tell them three things that they appreciate about them. And she called me. And, and so, and I told her like how much just that check-in and just like being seen. So I think, you know, like, I think your communities see you. They really see you and they really love you in 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 the in the in the, in the seeing. That's yeah. a that's a really good point, Elisa. And there was a couple probably about a month ago now where I was just feeling like our family has taken social distancing um very very seriously like I mean immediate family unit in our home is the only people in our home it's the only people we're physically with unless we're outside you know six feet apart and I was on this heavy deadline and um I just wasn't hearing from anyone and I just felt like totally unseen and and forgotten and um I was just honest with some of my friends, like, man, I just, I miss you guys. And I kind of feel like everyone has moved on and we're still alone. And it kind of seems like maybe we weren't that great of like friends to begin with, because it seems like it was just easy to leave me 
and, and keep going with your life. And, you know, nobody does that intentionally, I don't think, unless you're being very malicious. Um, but in that moment, that's how I felt. And I think in true community, you can be honest with someone and tell them like, oh, I felt this way. And that person receives it. Mm. And, you know, they can be honest with me. And that's like, you know, then somebody showed up at my doorstep with popcorn and sparkling water. (laughs) And it was just like, oh, I see you, you know, and it's, (laughs) you know, and then I can do that to somebody else. And it's just that feeling seen and and having grace for people um, on on both sides of the coin there having grace when somebody says I don't feel seen and you might think well you haven't reached out to me but maybe right. that person is in a really hard place right now and you have no idea what's going on at home you know and then the flip side of that is having grace for somebody else not checking in on you because maybe there's things going on that you don't see even though they're posting stuff on Instagram that looks really fun that you wish you could be a part of you know yeah, like yeah. that's real life that is so Absolutely. real yeah yeah oh my gosh today i saw something i pulled it up real quick because it said um thing to unlearn thinking someone is avoiding you replace it with thinking they may be dealing with an illness too worn out to socialize overwhelmed with work you know processing a shock prioritizing family or self-care, distracted by an unexpected life change. And I just thought of that because it's so easy to like make it about me, you know, (laughs) Um, and and just be like, oh, like, I I can't believe I'm not, I mean, I've been hurt during this, this, you know, I think, and just, we all have been, right? (laughs) But, you know, just feeling left Mm -hmm. out and just just having friends who who have um, just not as strict of boundaries, and they, with COVID and they, you know, respect yours um, and you just kind of want to see them like do more though to meet you where you are <laughs> than what they're doing, you know? Um, and instead of going to that place immediately of being like, they just don't care about me, you know, ask questions or let them know how I'm feeling, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I just, I mean, if I could say it's so much, but if I could say one thing for me, it, it's absolutely to, to feel seen, you know, and not just like the shiny good parts of me like to see all of me and still love me and, and, and to trust me and to want to bring me in closer, you know, and not feel like, Oh, well I got to like the 70% of Patty, but then the other 30% is like, you know, <laughs> like, like to be fully seen. It's, it's so, it's really important. I just think of weep with those who weep, you know, mourn with those who mourn, laugh mm-hmm. with those who are laughing, celebrate like what you were saying, Elisa, like a, a true person, a true friend, a true person in community will celebrate with you and, and see you and honor you in those good times too. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. So there is just one more thing that I did want to just ask and, and I'm I'm putting you on the spot, Lindsay. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Um, not really though. <laughs> but I, I think like we've all talked about this, but like I don't know if we've named it specifically that I think we all show up with expectations, you know, of community, mm-hmm. whether we, we even realize it or not. You know, and I've already mentioned moving across the country from California to Georgia to Georgia and like I'm five years in and it's still really hard for me, you know, and I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't think I had expectations until I got here and realized I have expectations. You wrote something not too long ago on Instagram and I'm going to quote you back to you. <laughs> um, and you said just on your move back to Louisville and how that's been, you know, a challenge and not necessarily wanting to come back. You said it is deeply spiritual work to believe you are where you're supposed to be when you are in a place you don't want to be. I found the only way to believe it's true is to take deep breaths and deeper still steps in the direction of the one who led you to your current location. I want to ask you for those who may be in a community where they just don't feel like they belong, you know, Mm. where they just, you know, maybe they really are trying and they've given it some time. They've given it some years even, and, (laughs) and they just feel discontent. Like how, Mm -hmm. what do you say to that? in the on being interview that Krista Tippett did with John Lewis it was several years old but it was re-aired when he passed earlier this year um at the beginning she talks about the sort of call and response God is good all the time all the time God is good and how 
her sort of experience of John Lewis is that for him, God is good is not just an analysis or an insurance policy, but a compass. And that is something that has really stuck with me because I think God as God is good as a compass has become um, my approach to life and has sort of had to become that approach, you know, because I think what I said in that post, when you are in a place that you don't want to be, it is just really, really hard to believe this is where I'm supposed to be. This is how, you know, this is what's supposed to be. I'm where I'm supposed to be. But what has helped me, I will say, is to be able to look for where God is already at work in the place where I find myself. And it's not, so kind of taking the focus off of it's an arrival at a place, going back to expectations and how we talked about uh, the Dietrich Bonhoeffer quote, it's not necessarily an arrival at a place that we have painted in our mind, maybe, but I think it's more of the journey and a faithful movement towards God's goodness, um, towards what Martin Luther King talked about as the beloved community mm-hmm. that, I don't know, helps me <laughs> to, to, to be in a place where I don't, you know, didn't necessarily choose or, or want to be. Just that faithful movement and recognizing that God's goodness can be found here. And I think another thing that I would say about that is a lot of us feel pretty spiritually homeless right now. You know, Mm -hmm. like in addition to we can't be in person with real people, there's also the very real fact that the foundation of the church in America is fracturing. Right. The foundation of what a lot of us have sort of claimed as our home on earth is beginning to crumble. And so I think, I think also I would say that God can and will build a table in the wilderness and that there are already people in the wilderness who are like ready (laughs) to greet you there and ready to make a plate with you and sit down and have a conversation it it might look different and i think it will look different in light of in light of covid in light of our political moment you know there's a lot of things right now sort of all converging at once that make community different than i think any of us expected mm-hmm. but the goodness of god is still there and you know i kind of <laughs> have grown fond of the wilderness and the people that you can meet who feel like they have been excluded or who also maybe are on a journey that they weren't expecting and aren't super stoked about, you know, those faithful movements towards God is good towards that beloved community have kept me going. That's really profound, Lindsay. Like really, like I'm just taking that in because I think I realized so much um, just unpacking I've needed to do with just what I think is the traditional community and what it should look like and how much I've put those thoughts and those ideas in a box. And then when you dare to step outside that box and you feel like you're missing mm-hmm. it or you're losing it, but in actuality you're finding it again or mm-hmm. finding it for the first time. And so I feel like squarely in that place right now. So like I personally like really needed that encouragement. So <laughs> thank you for sharing that, you know, and, yeah. and, and even and also, I think um, Elisa said this at the very beginning too. I mean, love, you know, um, I, you might not have this immediate love for the place that you're in, but to grow in love for the place and the people that you're around, you know, that just fuels you. Um, and there's this quote um, from Credica, from Credit Scott King, and she says, "The greatness of a community is most accurately measured by the compassionate actions of the members." a heart of grace and a soul generated by love. And like, yeah. I really want to aspire to be that compassionate member of my community, not based on like what the community can do for me, but who I can mm-hmm. be for those around me. You know, like I, I want, you know, to be that soul generated by love, <laughs> you know, even if all my, my like boxes aren't being checked off, you know, even if I'm not getting all the things I think I'm owed or I really want to receive within the community, if I can be that for 
someone else, if I can be that that safe space, if I can build that table, if I can be that landing pad, you know, if I can be those warm arms to receive a hug when it's safe, you know, <laughs> they're like, I want to be all those things to other people. And I think in turn, when you open yourself up to that, then you you do get it. You do get it back. Yeah. Community is uh, definitely an interesting topic right now, but I'm glad we talked about it because I just really feel like a lot of people can relate to where we we are. And, and that's really my hope. And I my hope is that wherever we find ourselves being involved in community these days, however it looks, that we can enter each space with more grace, with more love, and that we can make space for those who may be searching for their people and their place as well. So... Thanks for chatting. And Patty, yes. this is your first episode that you hosted and you did such a good job. So just on air, we have to celebrate you. Yes. You crushed it, girl. Yep. Thank you for leading us. Yes. All sorts of firsts happening. So Thank, Thank you. you, Patty. You can learn more at UpsideDownPodcast.com or by going to Instagram at UpsideDownPodcast. You are always welcome to join the Upside Down Together listener group on Facebook. Facebook to process through episodes with the lens of God's upside down kingdom. You can also help us continue to engage topics about faith and justice by rating and reviewing upside down podcast on iTunes or Apple podcasts. It takes two seconds to give us a star rating and just a minute to leave a one minute review. And this guys really is how people find us. So we really appreciate the reviews and the shares. This is a free and easy way to support us. Of course, we always appreciate seeing you share our podcast episodes with your friends and online communities. Thank you so much. Upside Down Podcast is created and hosted by Kayla Craig, Lindsay Wallace, Elisa Molina, and Patricia Taylor. Episodes are edited by Tess Malone and Johnny Craig. Show notes are by Lana Smith. Learn more at UpsideDownPodcast.com. Thanks for listening.